Good morning, guys. Uh, it's another Sunday. We're still in enhanced quarantine, and I know this is sound. This is gonna sound really weird, um, having a sermon online, uh, and and not being able to meet on Sunday for fellowship. But really, the world is on a standstill right now. Um, so speaking of of sermons, we're we're in a we're in a new series right now. Um, we're just making a series for our quarantine season, and right now, so I've got my notes here. Uh, sermon notes and we'll just go through a short text and I'd like for us to kind of have a devotional type of sermon right now to be uh, reflect so, so we can reflect on ourselves no um, right now the world is at a standstill uh, this enhanced qu- community quarantine caused everyone to stop to pause to start to think and many are praying as well and there are three things that I'd like to highlight today um, first we are grateful to our frontliners. They are our earthly saviors right now. Uh, second, we fear for our loved ones. They are currently our earthly concerns. And thirdly, we wonder about our future. This is our earthly long-term goal or long-term concern or long-term uh, thoughts or process right now. So we have three emotions. We've got gratefulness, fear, and wonder. And yet I think these don't go far enough right now. We're thinking maybe what, one year down the road, five years down the road, maybe 10, 15 years down the road, but we're, we're not thinking far enough. But surely there are many of us today who are thinking beyond 20 years. We're thinking about our, our I'm sure you've, you've seen it in social media, on the news. Maybe you have friends who's, who's experienced losses because of this COVID virus, their loved ones, family, relatives, friends, and and they talk about their grief, their mourning, their uh, sorrows. Um, this virus doesn't even allow us to say goodbye to our loved ones. This virus doesn't allow us to be there for them, to love them, to hug them, to show them our love and affection. Um, I read on a post and I copied and pasted it on my wall on Facebook that um, if, a, if an ambulance takes away a loved one, they will be alone. Either they will come home or they will not anymore. If they don't anymore, they will be alone. The last you will see them is uh, the ambulance. And so that's a very scary thought for me. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's something a lot of people are concerned about. So if you really think about it, this caused us to be more reflective of life. I want to ask you guys three questions also. Um, when it comes to... Uh, we asked earlier, we're, I, I mentioned earlier, we are grateful for our frontliners. Are we grateful to a certain savior that transcends this life? Um, we are concerned for our loved ones, for their earthly salvation, that they don't get the virus, or if they have the virus, that their immune system is strong enough. But are we concerned enough for our loved ones, um, enough to share to them, to tell them the gospel, to warn them about a coming judgment uh, before Jesus Christ? And lastly, is our future assured? Um, I'm not talking about 10 years from now. I'm talking about the afterlife. So today we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 3. Uh, we won't go through a lot. We'll only go through a few verses in 2 Peter chapter 3. We'll start in verse 1. Uh, the context is that a lot of people entered the church and they were saying things like, Oh, where's your Jesus? Where's this whole second coming thing? I thought he was coming soon and, and it's not happening. And so the Christians were a little per- perplexed they were a little bothered uh, right and and so the context has more to do with 
persevering in the midst of scoffers and mockers and persecutors, but it's still a timely uh, reminder for us today, and the application and the principles of this text still uh, applies to us today. Uh, if we read Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1, I'll read 1 to 4. This is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of a reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Pause there. Uh, just a few things to think of. First, what is the reminder about? The reminder that Peter gave them was about the predictions by the prophets and even the commands of Jesus Christ himself. Why? Scoffers were saying Jesus won't come back. He was a fake Messiah. He's nothing but a rotting corpse. He's dead. Um, your religion is fake. Uh, your, your faith is useless. All those things. But really, why is that relevant today? It's relevant because at the very heart, of the scoffing, the heart of the scoffing says that there will be no judgment for them or they are somehow saved or exempt from judgment without believing in Christ because blank. And they're going to fill in that blank with whatever they believe. Um, they'll say things like, oh, there's really no judgment um, because after this life, there's nothing. We all become dust or we just disappear. We become space dust. Uh, some say, oh, there's reincarnation anyway. It's going to go back and forth, back and forth forever. Or uh, we just become this consciousness or whatever. Or they'll just say, um, I'm a good person. So God will excuse all my sins because I'm a nice guy. So at the heart of the scoffing, it's not, it's not really a rejection of the second coming, the doctrine of the second coming. Nor is it really a rejection of um, the, how Christ will return, whatever the Bible teaches. But rather, the heart is, I'm not going to be judged badly. I'm going to be fine. Everything's going to be cool. That is at the heart of the scoffing. And every unbeliever is guilty of this. If you're watching this right now and you have not um, trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, if you have not put your full trust, your full faith on the work of Christ on the cross alone, if you're thinking, I'm a good guy, I'm a nice guy, I'm a good girl, I'm a decent moral person, um, I live a very nice life, I'm, I'm, I didn't beat people up, I don't swear. I, if, if, if you think you're safe from the coming judgment of God because of any other reason apart from Jesus Christ, you're guilty of this. You might not be scoffing but you're still guilty of rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And here's the thing. Um, when people say, uh, oh, I don't believe in that, I don't believe in this, my morality is fine, and etc., 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 the real reason why there's a rejection is the sinful desires. Um, Peter said it uh, here. See, verse 3, I'll read it again. It said, Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. And some unbelievers will say this, I'm not an evil person. I don't, I don't go around 
murdering people. I don't persecute Christians. I mind my own business. I live a moral life. How is that following my sinful desires? How is that sinful? And the Bible tells us quite clearly that if we reject Jesus Christ as Lord, we're sinning already. Anything not of faith is sin. That's what Scripture teaches us. We have to repent of our sins and believe in Christ as our only Savior, our one and only Savior. And so that's why it's sinful. Um, in fact, in verse 4, right, they say, oh, everything is as it should be. Everything's going fine. In other words, I'm doing okay. No one's really being hurt by my actions or by my words, my thoughts. You know, I'm a nice guy in general. That is sinful if it's not, um, if the purpose is not to love and to honor Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, ironically, I'm the fact that I'm preaching from, I mean, it looks weird. I'm, I'm in the house looking at a laptop. I, I'm not facing my people, my, my church. It, it breaks my heart. This virus put everything on hold. And um, what that means is, or what that should do for us is to wake us up and say, hey, when people say, oh, everything's going fine, everything's normal as usual, COVID says no, and then this virus just puts a stop to everything. We're reminded that we're all going to give account for our, our actions. Now, I'm going to say a little um, a little controversial, something controversial. There's this hashtag right now, hashtag stay home. And then there are also those who are what we call COVID carriers. And a new term came out online. And I'm going to say the word because it is the word that's being used. It doesn't sound very nice. Uh, excuse me ahead of time, pardon the language. But there's a word right now. It's called COVIDiot or COVID idiots. Um, and the reason why this word is out is because um, there are people who say, oh, I'm not going to hurt anyone. I'm healthy. I'm young. I'm, I'm, I've got my immune system up. So they go out. They don't think about others. They only think of themselves. Even if they survive the, the, the COVID virus, they could bring the virus to their kids, to their loved ones, to their elderly, to their grandparents, their, their lolo, their lola, their grandchildren, uh, you know, cousins who are young or with asthma or respiratory problems. So these are people now being labeled as COVIDiots or COVIDiots or COVIDiots. And why, why is there such an anger towards these people? It's because they're being foolish. So I'm not going to say the word again, but they're being foolish. And, the, and, and it's so ironic because when people go out and expose themselves to actual danger, we say they're being foolish. And yet on a day-to-day -day basis, we are being exposed to the doors of the afterlife and the judgment right behind those doors by Christ himself. And people don't care. People behave as though there's no judgment, no God, no afterlife, no Jesus, no King of Kings, Lord of Lords. People can be in denial for so long. Even Christians can be guilty of this. We, we put off our church service uh, for those who are not members of local churches they're like oh i'll be a member next year um for for christians who want to evangelize but don't they'll just say oh, i'll evangelize next week we we tend to be guilty of postponing and delaying and procrastinating simply because we're being foolish and that's something we should all repent of christians and non-christians alike for christians we need to start serving christ now for non-christians you have to repent and believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior now. 
Second Peter chapter 3, verse 5 to 7. I'll just continue reading. Verse 5. For they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Now, this is a stern warning. And I've said it already earlier. Um, someone who just says, I'm a moral person, I live a decent life, I'm a decent person, uh, I'm not ungodly because I'm a nice guy, That's that doesn't work. That's not an excuse. What does the word ungodly mean? Every person, and I'm going to say this with firmness, but I, I hope you won't be offended if, if, if this is you. Please understand that the heart is to warn, okay? Um, when you say the when the Bible, when the Bible refers to the ungodly, the Bible doesn't refer to people who steal, to, who cheat, who, who are corrupt, okay? The word ungodly in the Bible refers to all unbelievers. In the Bible, the ungodly is every single person who has not repented of his sins and turned to Jesus Christ as Lord and exclusive Savior of his life. That is how the Bible defines the ungodly. Okay? So, it's God's word. It's God's definition. Please listen to my other sermon, the one right before this. Uh, it's in our YouTube series anyway. It's in, it's in the um, uh, series of sermons uh, of the same uh, category as this sermon. Please consider the fact Consider the fact that you have never uh, truly given your life to Christ. If, if that's you, then, you know, it's, it, this isn't, we're, we're just warning people. Here's the thing. Um, I don't want to get into the eschatological side of things, okay? Um, we're, we're not going to uh, talk about, like, when, it, when is Jesus going to return, you know? Um, just recently, a volcano erupted in, in the world again with the COVID virus, with the Australian uh, fire that went out of control. We're not going to talk about that, okay? But we want to focus on the fact that there's a mindset we should all have. A lot of people think, especially a lot of unbelievers, okay? A lot of unbelievers, people who aren't really serious about the relationship with Jesus, who don't really love Jesus, who don't really see Jesus as Lord and Savior, a lot of them will say certain things, like uh, specific things like this. They'll say things like, Ah, okay na, para I'll die na and I'll be with the Lord, finally. Or, ah, I just can't wait for God to return and get us out of this really miserable earth with all these viruses and blah, 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 blah. Guys, I, got, I, I have to say this, and I hope you guys understand this. The coming of Christ, the second coming of Jesus, is a very, very comforting thing only for Christians. Only for Christians. It is a very terrible, scary, deadly thing for non-Christians. Because the relationship that Christians have with Jesus is savior, friend, comforter. But the relationship that non-Christians have with Jesus is enemy and um, recipients of wrath. And, and I'm not saying that out of joy. I mean, I wish it wasn't, you know. Um, 
until now, me as a Christian, there's a part of me that still wishes. Until now, I still wish na Lord, pwede, no hell na lang, and every single human being on earth, every single one, just gets grace, like, without needing to repent or believe or anything, just like pure grace na lang for every single soul. But that's, that's not God's ways. That's not the revelation God gives us. That's not what Scripture says. And there's, there's a whole, uh, there's a philosophical uh, discussion on that, and, and I understand also why um, God's attributes must be displayed for His glory. I get that. Um, but right now, what I'm saying is, it's a warning. This COVID, this uh, virus, this unseen, invisible death is a true warning for us. And so, um, when we talk about godliness, okay, behaving in a moral way doesn't make you godly. Behaving in a moral way just makes you moral, not godly. When you say ungodly, well, obviously, if someone does not believe in God, rejects Jesus as God, then the person is ungodly because he or she rejects God who is Christ, right? So godliness has more to do with a purpose or reason for the behavior. So the reason for the moral living, the reason for kindness, niceness, generosity, selflessness, love, the reason for all those behaviors must be because Jesus is Lord and Savior over your life. The behavior is simply the evidence for the reality of your relationship with Christ. Now look at verse 8. We're almost done. Uh, look at verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So, if you notice, our perspective of here, now, our um, perspective of how long one should weigh, how short something is, is very different. Uh, when it comes to God's perspective. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is infinite. He is not bound by time. He created time. God is the sovereign king over everything, even time itself. So our how long, Lord, how long, that's, we've got a very different perspective from God. And the verse 9, when the Bible says, not wishing that any should perish, um, if we just ex exegete this in the context of this, remember, Peter was writing to the church. So Peter was actually telling the local church that God doesn't desire for any of the elect, any of the people who are his, any of the sheep to perish. Okay, So it's not the whole God didn't want to send some people to hell but had no choice. It's not that. Okay. God is pleased by all the actions He does because He is God. He is perfect and all the, all the things that God does is perfect. And there is no room for God to say that any of His actions was less than perfect because God is perfect. So all the things He does is for His glory and perfectly glorifies Him. So this text has more to do with God's desire 
for none of the elect to perish, none of his sheep to perish, but that all the elect should reach repentance. Now, what proof do I have of this? Romans 11 verse 25 also says that a partial hardening came upon the upon uh, Israel. Why? So that the full number of the Gentiles might come in. So, there's this delay. I'm going to read Revelation six to uh, Revelation chapter six verse nine to eleven. Revelation six verse nine to eleven. It says, "When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, and and listen to what they say. They say, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth?" Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. In other words, uh, to be slain, to be martyred, or to be killed by the sinfulness of earth, essentially. So why hasn't Jesus Christ returned yet? Because there's still a number of the elect a number of the those who, according to the book of Acts, those who were appointed to eternal life. There are still people who have been appointed to eternal life in the future, not yet even born yet. And so, and so the second coming has not yet happened, not because God forgot, not because he's delaying, because he's like, oh man, I, I don't know if I should do it now or not yet. It's not because he's indecisive, okay? The reason why the second coming hasn't happened yet is because God's perfect ordained plan has not yet been completely perfectly fulfilled there are still people who they are still elect that aren't even born yet who will get born in the future sometime in the future and they will still repent and get saved and etc and then when all the full number of God's elect have repented and have believed that's when the second coming will happen now what should be our mindset if we look at verse 11 to, to 13, 2 Peter, we're back in 2 Peter. It says, Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So how are we to wait? We are supposed to wait with holiness and godliness. We won't tackle the eschatological side, you know, the whole burning and the whole everything will get dissolved and etc. Uh, what I want to talk about more is our holiness and our godliness. What does that look like? Um, when, when we say we're grateful to our frontliners, uh, what do we do? We give them our support, our love. We, we stay at home to show that we love them by obeying them and all of that. But how are we showing gratefulness to our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ? Are we living for Him? Are we living for His glory? Are we, are we focused on the things of God? We say we fear for our loved ones, but do we fear for their salvation? Do we fear for their judgment? Do we, are we truly concerned that they're not saved yet? Have we told them about the gospel? Have we warned them about the coming judgment? We say that we wonder about our future. Um, but do we wonder about our eternal future, our long-term, truly long-term future with God, in the presence of God, or in the presence of the judgment and wrath of God? 
from an from an eternal perspective, I just have to ask, how is our spiritual disciplines, faith, prayer, Bible reading, fellowship, evangelism, have we have you really taken the time this season? I mean, we're stuck in the house, we're stuck at home. Um, have we been reading, praying? Have we been thinking of uh, the church? Have we been thinking of our loved ones who are not yet saved? Have we been uh, using this opportunity to evangelize? Or are we just busying ourselves with uh, as many Netflix shows as we can binge on? Are we wasting our time just scrolling social media, waiting for the coronavirus to, you know, get uh, to, to, to disappear or get a vaccine? Um, the big question really is, what's your perspective while waiting for this season to pass? Um, I hope and pray that we would use this time wisely. We would use this time uh, focusing on our love for God and, and love for others and love for His Word and, and love for holiness, love for purity. And I pray, I pray, I pray that during this season, uh, all of us would be more uh, reflective, more uh, introspective of our own spiritual condition and our spiritual state. And I wish you well. I pray that you are safe. Please stay safe and healthy. Uh, I pray that uh, you won't be that you don't have the virus. And if you do, I pray that you would not affect infect others and that your immune system would be uh, good. But my greater prayer is that you are saved, that if you are not yet saved, that you would consider what we're saying to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. If you are saved, my deepest prayer is that you would grow into Christ's likeness more and more, especially during the season. And God bless you, and I hope to see you guys soon.